0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 65. I'm pal Val, and with me is the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR. Logan, how are you tonight, today?
1: I'm doing fine, man. Glad to be here.
0: Glad you're here as well. And Jason is uh, still on the disabled list. Jason, wish you a speedy recovery. Everybody, this is NASCAR Radio, where racing and trading cards meet. Got a great show for you today. We're going to recap Talladega, and there's a lot to a uh, lot to unpack with Talladega.
1: Yeah, uh, I want to channel my inner Bill Murray and go uh, Cinderella story out of nowhere. Three drivers win their first race.
0: <laughs> Talladega, the home of the big one.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Anything is possible. And yeah, and- Talladega
1: is definitely a wild card.
0: Uh, not much to report on Indy as Indy season has concluded with Alex Pillow and F1 is off till another few weeks. But let's go jump into Taldega. Oh, and then after Talladega, we will talk about a few little NASCAR news items but let's switch in gears over to Talladega, the truck race, the Camping World Truck Series race. That was race number 20. That was the 16th annual Chevy Silverado 250, and that was Saturday, October 2nd. First of a doubleheader, Talladega Super Speedway, 2.66-mile paved track. It's a big one.
1: Yep, biggest First, track on the circuit.
0: Mammoth. Tate Fogerman is our winner. Highest finishing rookie was Chase Purdy again. Chase Purdy's got it going on. Yeah, but I don't think
1: his car looked too Purdy after he was done. (laughs) I think he had some issues, but he still finished well.
0: Well, I'm watching that race and the other races, and I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of sheet metal going to be for sale.
1: (laughs) No doubt. Tate Fogelman does not have any trading cards that I'm aware of, and I doubt seriously he'll be in Prism.
0: Yeah, I doubt it. Usually the Prism is not there first Appearance on a card, usually it's going to be a Dunross autograph card. So, but Chase Purdy, we talked about the other week where he's in 2019 Dunross next in line, and there's a few parallels to that. There, you have the, the base next in line, that's the uh, insert set, holographic, cracked ice number, number 25, and the explosion to 10. And then he's in the 2019 Panini Prism driver signatures with your. Unnumbered Prism, Camo, Unnumbered, Red, White, and Blue, Unnumbered, and then Green with uh, number to 99, and Down, Blue 75, Red 50, Rainbow 24, Gold to 10, White Prism to 5, and Black Prism to 1. So that's a few weeks for Chase Purdy, uh, highest finishing rookie.
1: Yeah, that was a cool race, um, especially the ending of it. And of course, they had to go into overtime, and... Uh, You know nothing like the winner spinning or spinning across the start finish line to to finish the race. It uh, you know Tate Fogelman got into John Hunter Nemechek spun out both he and Nemechek and also Tyler Hill, which finished second, and I think uh, John Hunter Nemechek finished fourth. And he I was surprised after the race I thought he would be mad at uh, Tate Fogelman, but. He blamed himself. He just said he just put himself in the wrong position, and uh, that's why he didn't win the race. So he put it all on himself. But that was that was a pretty cool finish. You know, the cars are spinning out, hitting the wall. It was um, it was something something to behold, no doubt.
0: Yeah, it was interesting with John Herman Eberlechek and Matt Crafton going at it, and then with kind of that last push, they kind of teamed up to try to go to the front. Uh, so strange bedflow fellows there because they were at each other during the race, and then while John Hardenier was giving his post race interview, uh, Matt Crafton came in and uh, gave him a little pat there.
1: I wouldn't call it a little pat, he slapped him pretty good in the back.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, I think uh, it was really cool, and then sticking out, uh, Norm Benning coming in 17. So,
1: yeah, good for him. He's, um, gosh, I- He's been around a long time.
0: Yeah, he's a small independent team, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's again, that's what Talladega can do for you. You can take people that, you know, a low budget team, and you can have a great finish.
0: If you just stay out of the big one, you're good. So you, you know, know. The big
1: ones. It seems like these days.
0: Well, that's true. So,
1: and did you know that at uh, Talladega in the trucks, no playoff driver has ever won at Talladega. It's always been somebody outside of the playoffs
0: did not know that yep and well held, held true once again exactly well we have a, a break the next race race number 21 the United rentals 200 in Martinsville Speedway is October 30th so the truck drivers are off for a few weeks
1: yeah that's right before Halloween that'll be that'll be a spooky race <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so the truck series playoff standings after Talladega, John Hanimichek, Ben Rhodes minus one. I didn't realize Ben Rhodes has been doing that well. So that's, that's awesome for him. I know he, he's been around for a few years and he's right there. Matt Crafton minus 26, Sheldon Creed minus 31. And then yeah, me- for,
1: for somebody who started out like a house on fire, he has had a lot of trouble here in these last few races.
0: Yeah, luckily he had those uh, few good ones right there off the bat. But, yeah, it's luckily he had that lead. And he's on that last line. Uh, Stuart Friesen is below the cut line with minus 36. Sheldon Creed is minus 31. And then Chandler Smith, minus 65. So it's probably going to be between Sheldon Creed and Stuart Friesen right there to try to make that final four.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other guys, Chandler Smith, hokovar and and zane smith they're out of it i mean they're they, they have to win i mean that's the only way they're going to make it now and if that's the other thing if one of those guys wins you know that bumps sheldon creed out so he's he better hope that none of those guys win
0: <laughs> yeah that's right any of those uh drivers are in play until the final cutoff so yeah just because you're below the line doesn't mean you can't Get a win, and you're in. So that's what makes it pretty exciting. So, yes, you're right. I totally forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so it's so as they say, I think it was Yogi Bear. It ain't over till it's over.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then moving over to the Xfinity Series, race number 28. That was the second annual Sparks 300 at Talladega. Saturday, October 2nd, the second part of the doubleheader at Talladega Super Speedway. And our winner was Brandon Brown. And our highest finishing rookie was Josh Berry.
1: Yeah, Josh Berry did good again. I'm proud of him.
0: He's subbing for Michael Annette. He's the yeah. number one car. hmm And then Brandon Brown. I was super excited to see him win. Uh, you might remember him. He had that little viral video on Twitter. They used car salesmen selling space on his car for advertising. So it was awesome to see him uh, go to victory lane
1: Yeah, it was great to see him go to victory lane. I was proud of him They had to, they had to call that race because of darkness. I think they had about like like seven laps to go or something No, what? The, oh, I'm not yeah, thinking.
0: it was six or seven. You're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah And yeah, they had to call that one because of darkness because they kept having I think they had two red flags And you know several big ones, you know at one at one point um, I think it was with like 25 to go Oh no! What well, it was—the very first caution. Excuse me, the very first caution with Almondinger and Sam Mayer. They hit—they hit the wall so hard that they uh, dislodged or whatever you want to call it—messed up the safer barrier, and they had to get out there and repair that. So of course that took some time.
0: Yeah, and they were on the broadcast showing the camera, and even though it looked like it was light, they were trying to say that it was still very—it was getting dark, basically. Uh, they had that aperture open for the lens to make it look like it was brighter than it was. So,
1: yeah, because it, it gets dark there like six thirty, and I think it was almost it was like almost six thirty. I think when the race was finally you know when they finally called it. But yeah, that was a heck of a that that was a heck of a hit that that uh, that uh, Sam Mayer had with uh, AJ Allmendinger, and then that really that kind of messed up you know AJ Allmendinger's playoff points as well. That was not good for him.
0: Yeah, we'll recap the standings here in a minute. Brandon Brown, his rookie cards. 2020 Chronicles. He's in Spectra with the different parallels. Status. Status autographs. National Treasure Social Signatures. Those are quite rare. Number 25, 15, 10, and 1 for National Treasures. Brandon Brown. And then he's in Panini Prism. All the parallels with the silver, blue, and Carolina blue, blue prism, red and blue, red prism, green and yellow prism, hyper prism, white sparkle. That is a three-card random pack in National Treasures box, those white sparkles. Silver mosaic, numbered to 199, green scope to 99, purple disco to 75, pink prism to 50, Carolina blue cracked ice. 25 rainbow prism to 24 gold prism to 10 white prism to five gold vinyl to one black finite prism to one and then there's signing sessions autographs in that 2020 panini prism with the regular prism unnumbered and then every flavor is either 99 or less from silver green scope pink red and blue blue and carolina blue rainbow green and yellow gold white Black, finite, gold vinyl. Yeah,
1: he's got a lot of cards.
0: Especially in that prism, that's a massive rainbow there to to work on that one. But gosh, yeah. But that's what makes it fun.
1: Yeah, especially if you're chasing one particular driver, that really does make it fun.
0: Yeah, and Brandon Brown, like I said, he has a lot of personality, especially with that viral video and stuff. So that's super cool. He was able to make that happen. I think they mentioned that that video helped him get some more sponsorship and then that helped, you know, the team with parts and everything else. And then also with more sponsorship. So this is definitely going to help him continuing uh, that momentum. So,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, did you happen to see that uh, wreck with 25 to go where Noah Gregson hit the wall, like almost head on. I mean, that was, that was a hard, hard hit. That was kind of reminiscent of me Seeing Dale Earnhardt Sr. hit the wall, that was that was a hard hit, and, but he, he was fine, but that, that was a tough wreck with him. I thought my, the same thing,
0: guy. and when I saw that hit, I thought the same thing, because he kind of went up at an angle, and then that front of that car ran across along the barrier. So,
1: Yeah, well, that just goes to show you how, I mean, there's no car, of course, that's 100% safe, but... NASCAR has made such great strides over the last 20 years in safety that, uh, you know, these guys, you know, they just walk out, walk out of these big wrecks like that because, you know, maybe 20 years ago that could have been a a fatal car crash because that was, that was a scary hit. I just, I didn't like seeing that. I mean, I know a lot of people go to Talladega just to see the wrecks, but man, wrecks like that, I I just do not like.
0: Well, I can't remember if it was that one or if there was another one where they had, hit they were resting in the infield between pit road and the track and i was waiting for the window net to go down and it seemed like forever before it went down and so i was like "Uh oh you know is he all right Uh, but eventually they cut away and then came back and that window net was down so
1: yeah i think that was Noah gregson i think that you're talking about okay he's the one that took the really big hit
0: yeah but yeah i did see did see that one and then Josh Berry, we talked about him last week. We won't go super detailed with him, but again, 2013 total memorabilia from Press Pass. There's only a few parallels for that. The, the card number 44, the red, gold, and black. Gold and black are serial numbered. And then the Rising Star autograph, silver, gold, blue, and melding numbered to 125 or lower. And then he has cards this year in 2021 Chronicles.
1: Yep, in a full time ride next year, so things are looking up for him.
0: Yeah, I think he he's going to be in a good spot next year with Junior Motorsports. He's definitely showing everything's gelling, if, and if he can continue this on, uh, he could be he could maybe uh, do do a lot next year.
1: Yeah, I think he can because you know Junior Motorsports is pretty much the AAA Farm Club for Hendrick Motorsports. So, you know, they're, you know, they're going to have good equipment.
0: Yeah. I mean, Algaire and and the rest of them are doing well. And you know, I was just thinking long-term on the Josh Berry cards, they, you know, could have some legs. So if you see him at the show for cheap price or somebody doesn't know, you know, they're not up on him, you know, pick them up.
1: Yeah, for sure. Kind of like Kyle Larson was back in the day. Cause I remember going to the national, uh, when he was a rookie, and I was able to get uh, some Kyle Kyle Larson autograph cards like real cheap, and yeah, you know, I was buying those up all day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Jazzberry could be like that as well. Because to your point, you know, in a few years, we'll we'll see how it goes. But Austin Cedric's moving up, Harrison Burton's moving up, so you have you know some of that talent leaving. To go to the higher level. So, not that saying Xfinity is going to have, you know, less talent, whatever, but if Josh Berry's what I think he is next year, he, you know, could be running for championship. So, you know, this year, him and Ty Gibbs, they didn't run a full schedule. So, they're not eligible for the playoffs. So, just imagine if Josh Berry had a full ride this year, right?
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, um, uh... I fully expect him to be in the playoffs next year for sure. And, you know, I don't know what Ty freaking Gibbs plans are for next year, but I I would like to think that he's going to be full-time Xfinity next year. I I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything?
0: I have not, but I am assuming he will be full-time next year.
1: So there's another playoff contender, I think, that you're going to be looking at as well. So next year looks to be from from what I'm seeing right now looks to be an exciting year in Xfinity. So I can't wait for that.
0: Let's switch gears over to the Cup race. Oh. And nothing uh, happened
1: in that. Nothing happened in that race.
0: Well, let me finish up Xfinity. I get so excited, I, you know. The next race, race number 29, drive for the Cure 250. That's at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's the roval, Saturday, October 9th, 3:30. Stages are 2020. 27 laps for 152 miles. And our playoff standings after Talladega. Austin Sendrick, Followed Faba, Justin Allgaier. Daniel Hemrick, A.J. Amendinger, Justin Haley, Brandon Jones, Nova Graskin, Harrison Burton, and then outside looking in Jeb Burton, minus eight. Mike Snyder, minus 24. Riley Herbst, minus 32. And Jeremy Clements, minus 48. So Harrison Burton is plus eight jeb burton is minus eight
1: yeah and again you know harrison burton and noah gregson have both had a lot of issues as of late so that's kind of what's put them where they are right now you know because gregson's won a few races this year but you know looking at the points i mean he could easily be out after the roval
0: yep still still up in the air if uh, mike snyder or riley hurst or you know, somebody can get a win or somebody has a bad day brandon jones plus 21 Noah graskin plus 18.
1: those guys i really don't see any of those guys winning at the roval uh, i just don't see it i mean I, i'm I'm thinking you know you're going to see somebody like aj allmendinger or, or austin cendrick probably be up front and and take that race that would be you know my guess I, i'd have to go back and look at my predictions but uh I think I've got one of those guys winning that race. I think it's Almendinger, if I remember correctly.
0: I can see that.
1: So the Roval's a tough place, man. It's kind of a hybrid. I mean, that's why they call it the Roval. It's a road, course, and oval track. It's really not, you know, some people are trying to say, hey, it's like Watkins Glen. Well, no, it's not really like Watkins Glen. It's its its own beast, you know, and they have those big, you know, turtles, as they call them, the speed bumps or curbs. And those things really mess up the cars. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, that, that that is a beast unto its own. And it's a hard one to tame.
0: Yeah, I can just imagine I took I don't know if I told this story or not, but I took the car, the G thirty-five out on that Roval. I guess it was pre COVID. And there's some elevation change when you're going through the interior turns, and then you you know take it out on the track. Of course, we didn't do the little S's on the side but you know basically you have your four big turns and then uh the road course so it's a cool it's a cool track
1: yeah i think i read somewhere where there's like 35 feet of elevation change when you go down into the infield there that you know go through the s's and go through all the all the turns in through there so that's a lot i mean it's not as flat in there as you think it is
0: yeah i remember when you come through when you make that first turn and go around i think it's the first few turns and then after that it starts elevating up around the back and then till you and then come down to turn one uh big turn one so yeah it was a lot of fun getting uh taking up to about 80 mi- 80 miles an hour in the g35
1: yeah i've always wanted to do that at talladega with my car but never have had the chance, but you can, you can, you know, you can do that. And I think they'll let you do it. There's certain days throughout the year that they let people come out. It doesn't even have to be a race weekend. You just get to go out there and, uh, you know, take your, take your car out there and run. And of course, you know, if you, uh, if you wreck your own car, that's on you. And I think you have to sign a waiver.
0: You go oh out there. yeah. Plenty. <laughs> you have to sign plenty of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause they're, they're not going to take any responsibility. You're, you're strictly on your own. If you kill yourself, It's on you.
0: Yeah, Or if you damage your car, whatever. Yep, it's on you.
1: (laughs) Yep, for sure.
0: Moving over to the Cup Series race. That was race number 31. That was the 53rd annual Yellowwood 500. And that was Sunday, October 3rd at Talladega Super Speedway in Talladega, Alabama. What? It
1: was Monday.
0: Oh, well, that's when it was scheduled for Sunday. (laughs)
1: There you go.
0: It, this is, these are all scheduled dates.
1: Okay. Go, go for yeah.
0: it. Yeah. It was scheduled for Sunday, but as Logan said, it took a little bit to, to get that racing. And our winner was Bubba Wallace.
1: Dun, dun, dun. I was so happy about that. Uh, I was sitting here watching it Monday and when he, when they announced him as the winner, and this hasn't happened to me in a long time. The hair on my arm stood up. I had goosebumps. I was so excited about that. It just made my heart happy.
0: Yeah, I was glad that, you know, they were to get that race in. They had to call it for rain and lightning. Again, we were talking about Saturday. They were starting, not Saturday, Sunday. And you can see when they were taking the cars out, it was sprinkling and water on, on the cars and bringing them in and then, you know, Monday trying to fit in the window and they had called it or they were, you know, had brought everybody in red flag for red, uh, red flag in for the rain. And so I was listening to it and when I heard they had lightning strike pretty close to the track. That's an automatic 30 minute clock. And then with it being as, you know, being stopped on Saturday because of light issue, I knew that bubble was going to get that, you know, that was awesome.
1: Yeah. You know it takes they said it takes like about two and a half and maybe up to three hours to get the track back after a big rainstorm and it was already at like three o'clock at that point point. and again you know we said earlier you know they they get it gets dark there about six thirty or so so uh as they were drying the track it started raining again so you know they they had no choice they were past halfway so they just called it
0: so I don't know if you've been to a race when they had lightning. Uh, I was at Charlotte when that happened and basically they tell everybody to clear the stands. And so everybody was kind of huddling underneath. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't like yeah, lightning and everybody could, you know, still sit in their seats. Everybody had to kind of run or, or get some cover in there.
1: Well, you gotta, I have been in that situation. Uh, Back in 19, oh gosh, I forget, it was the late 80s in Atlanta at a race, and it did that. You know, this is how times have changed. They didn't say anything, you know, (laughs) they didn't make you get under the stands, they didn't make you, you know, clear your seats or nothing like that. I mean, you got to think people were still smoking in airplanes back then. So, you know, times, times have really changed. They, you know, it's like, oh, so what it's, it's lightning out here. You know, you know, I, I, I know they care, but you know, they, they just didn't make anybody do anything. You were kind of on your own. If you wanted to seek shelter, you could, but you know, it was like, okay, whatever.
0: Well, you know, back then seatbelts were optional too in cars. Uh,
1: oh yeah, that's, that's right.
0: Bubba Wallace, first win. So that that was the record-setting weekend where we had a first-time winner on each of the series at the same track.
1: Yeah, in in all three national touring series, this was the first time that that's ever happened, where three first-time winners at the same track on the same weekend. So that was a record. And also, did you know that Bubba Wallace is in the Cup Series – is the first non-playoff driver to win a race all the races before that have been won by a playoff driver, or a driver that. whatever you want to call it
0: yeah gotcha oh that's awesome
1: so that's also uh, another fact another piece of trivia i was real proud of him I, I i was very very happy to see that i was happy to see that for the the 2311 team you know, of course, Michael Jordan wasn't there, but it would've been cool if he had been there and they could have got his reaction. I haven't heard really anything about or from him on what what his thoughts were because I know when they first started the the twenty three eleven team, you know, they were asking like what are the goals and Michael Jordan's like, oh, we're gonna win, and Denny Hamlin's like having to throttle it back, oh uh, <laughs> no, no, we're gonna build the team and try to get some top tens and maybe some top fives, you know. Let's just kind of, you know, let's just pull the reins back just a little bit. But they won. So Michael Jordan's got to be ecstatic.
0: Yeah, well, maybe now he'll come to all the races.
1: <laughs> maybe so.
0: Because you never know. Highest finishing rookie, Anthony Alfredo. He edges out Chase Briscoe. Bubba yep. Wallace. Daryl Wallace cards. Rookie cards. First cards. 2012 Press Pass Fanfare. He's in that Young Guns section of the set has card number 79, hollow foil die cut and a blue foil die cut. There's a silver number to 25, a sapphire, number to 20, a diamond, number to five. And then there's the young gun autographs. There's a silver 399, gold 150, red to 75, and blue 210. He's listed as Darrowalls Jr. on um trading card database for the 2012
1: yeah, he was known as Bubba back then, but they still were, you know, on the cards, they were just still calling him Darrell Wallace Jr.
0: And then he has other cards, and I know there's, I guess, debate or whatever about some of his cards or because it has the rookie on it or not with the 2016 Prism and 2018. But uh, in 2014, I just did a little quick count. In 2014, Press Pass, he has 11 cards. 2015, 21 cards. 2016, Panini, 100 cards. 2017 panini 80 cards and then 2018
1: panini 315
0: cards Yep. yeah but it all started in 2012.
1: yeah and you know i was looking at the uh psa pop report for the 2012 press pass fanfare and there's only it only shows that there's one graded card and it's not even his just regular base rookie card it's a blue foil die cut card psa 9 there are no no base rookies uh graded at this time Now i will say that i do have one in psa right now so hopefully i'm hoping to get it back by the end of the year we'll see how that goes
0: i can't remember if i have any any graded or any psa dna authenticated i know i have card signed those 2012 because we went he was uh early on i guess in 2013 or 2014 uh, in charlotte they have the charlotte checkers and they have nascar night and they'll have the drivers come one particular night to sign and i took my daughter with me and i can't remember who else was there maybe it was johanna long was there as well maybe and then uh daryl wallace jr and he actually had like signed the back, but I had you know powdered the front, so I had him sign on the front as well. So I got one that's dual signed on front and back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't know a whole lot about how to sign the things back then.
0: No, uh, and then I think I had another one or two, and I had him sign as well. So I know I have those signed, and then uh, he came to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Brian Blaney, I don't know something was going on. They had back then when they had the Cup Chase drivers come. They did. I guess that six o'clock race hub or whatever it was. And so he was walking around and got him to sign one of those blue die cut 2012. So, but yeah, super excited for him to win. You know, we've been uh, watching him for a while now. So, and I think he's only going to get better now with Kurt Busch going to the team because that 23XI I got another charter. So they're going to be running two teams next year.
1: Yeah. And that's a big confidence builder for him. I mean, anytime that you win, I mean, now, you know, you can do it. So, uh, you know, he's not going to be afraid to go out there. I don't think now and, and, and mix it up even more with, with these front runners. So I'm expecting some, some great things from him. I mean, I, I'm not expecting him to go out and win another race, you know, just here in the next few weeks or anything like that. But you know, I, I'm hoping to see him in the top 10, maybe top five. I think that would be great to see. You know, Because he was running well all day on Monday. He was up front. It, you know, this isn't like it's a fluke and everybody else pitted and he stayed out. I mean, he was out there running hard, staying up there with the rest of them. And, uh, you know, he, you know, to me, you know, a win is a win no matter however you get it. And, uh, you know, he was in the right place at the right time and he won the race and, you know, kudos to him.
0: Yeah, I think there are some people, you know, I don't know what's the right word for it about him winning that way. But, you know, you every driver had the same opportunity that he did, either come in or pit or whatever it was, the strategies. You knew it was the rain was coming. I mean, drivers do it all the time. So, you know, they were going over the fact that, you know, Richard Petty had like five rain wins, and Darrell Waltrip had some. And it's a win, is a win. Everybody had the same opportunity. He wasn't like, you know, he, he did anything different than anybody else. He just this was better.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I was listening to uh, NASCAR radio, NASCAR NASCAR radio <laughs> today, and they were actually talking about that some of the drivers didn't know it was getting ready to rain and they weren't even notified by their team. And then some of them said they were even blaming their spotters for not telling them. Well, to me, that's just crazy because the spotters are up there. They're just as busy as the drivers, you know, watching what's going on. You know, they're not, you know, turning away because you can't turn away And, and looking at the sky and things like that. If you ask me, you know, that's a, that's a car chief or a crew chief call to say, Hey, you know, it's getting ready to rain, you guys. You need to step it up,
0: and and so I
1: just I thought that you know them blaming the spotters was just absolutely ridiculous.
0: Well, any of those teams that need an extra spotter to watch the weather, they can call us.
1: I'll be glad to do it if they want. If they need a weather guy. Uh, I, I'm better than our weather guys here in Memphis because our weather guys here in Memphis are terrible. <laughs>
0: I won't let it rain or not let it rain, but I will make sure I let everybody know that it's going to rain or whatever. So,
1: well, you know, dude, I was watching the radar here at the house and, you know, I could tell because you can zoom right in on it and you can actually, you actually see the track even on the weather channel, uh, app. And I saw that coming, man. I said, it's, it's right on them there. This is going to happen anytime. And, you know, they were playing, uh, some of the 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 chatter between the the spotters and the crew chiefs and the drivers and you know there were several of them saying hey it's rain's coming rain's coming it's going to be here any second and sure enough i mean there it was i mean of course it it they they could have ran a little bit longer because they had that caution right there um but you know you know it's anybody i think anybody could have told figured out it was going to rain i even heard larry mack on one of the shows i was watching he goes, yeah, I was at home too. I was watching watching my radar. I knew when it was getting ready to rain there, because <laughs> he likes the weather channel anyway. But uh, so yeah, I just don't. That, that whole thing was just crazy. I mean, I think everybody, I think everybody should have known. Or I mean, it wasn't hard to tell. They said that uh, it was getting really dark on the south side, which is turns one and two, um, and they said it was just getting really dark. So I mean, it was just imminent. So anyway,
0: I was gonna say Talladega. I, I remember vividly you know, there's some races there that started on Monday and Tuesday that where they had multiple rain days. So, uh, nobody should be surprised or maybe these guys are too young to remember some of that stuff, but
1: well, was it you that I was telling on, on Saturday, uh, when we were talking, I said, I sure hope they, uh, have the race on Sunday, but you know, cause it was raining here and usually when it rains here on Saturday, you know it's it's raining there on you know the next day and sure enough it got rained out so i was i i just had a bad feeling that it was going to happen because we had a lot of rain here uh and all that stuff travels east and sure enough they got rained out and then of course they had all that weather on monday too and, and i i had a feeling that was going to happen as well so i just i've just i i've gone to so many races down there i've probably been to at least 30 races or so down there at talladega over the years and, you know, I've seen it all from the heat to, you know, being cool to the rain. You know, I've seen it all. You know, I saw Bobby Allison, you know, hit the fence in 86. I mean, so, you know, I've seen it all. So I, I kind of knew what to expect and knew what was going to happen.
0: Well, let's talk about Anthony Alfredo. All right. We've, we haven't talked to him about him in a while. His card's highest finishing rookie at Talladega. He's in a 2019 Dunruss. He's in a next-in-line insert set. And there's a holographic Cracked Ice, the number 25, and the Explosion 210.
1: Yeah, I like him. Um, I think with a better team, I think he would do well.
0: And then he has autographs in Panini Prism 2019 driver signatures with the different parallels and... I'm looking at this list compared to the other list that we talked about for Brandon Brown, but their driver signatures: Prism and Camo, Red, White, and Blue, all unnumbered, and then Green to 99, Blue to 75, Red to 50, Rainbow 24, Gold to 10, White Prism to 5, and Black Prism to 1. And then there's also 2019 Victory Lane, that's pedal to the metal subset. Or parallels, I guess not a parallel set, it's a different set inside of Victory Lane. It's pedal to the metal number three, and there's a the gold version of 25, green to five, red to three, and black to one. So those parallels are pretty low numbered in pedal to the metal.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he would be a good pickup for people. You know, I because I've picked up a few of his cards. I've got in fact I think I have one of his autograph cards on. Con C right now that you know I'm waiting to ship home.
0: Nice. The next race, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Bank of America Robo 400. That is Sunday, October 10th, 2 p.m. Stages are 25 50, 109 laps for 252.880 miles and a playoff standings after Talladega because that was all messed up for everybody. Uh, Denny Hamlin is currently in first. Five by Kyle Larson. Joey Logano. Brad Keselowski, plus 20. Martin Truex, plus 20. Ryan Blaney, plus 15. Chase Elliott, plus 9. Kyle Busch, plus 9. Outside looking in, Kevin Harvick, minus 9. Christopher Bell, minus 28. William Byron, minus 44. And Alex Bowman, minus 52. And the reason I give you those points there is because... If any of these lower-level guys, uh, 9 through 12, win, they will bump out our number 8 spot.
1: Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Bush and Chase Elliott have not had the best of luck lately either. And going to the Roval, you know, Kyle Bush has not fared well in the three races that they've had there. His average finish there is 33.
0: That's bad, especially yeah, for him. Yeah, four of these drivers are going to be eliminated from the playoffs.
1: Well, for sure, one of the um, Hendrick guys is going to be eliminated because there's no way straight of a of a win that that William Byron or Alex Bowman can get you know into the round of eight because they're William Byron is 44 points out and Alex Bowman is 52 points out, so uh one of those guys has to win so regardless one of those guys is going to be you know is not going to make it for sure
0: if not both of them eliminated but short of a win right
1: well you know alex bowman does very well there in in three races there his average finish is 4.7
0: nice so
1: he has a chance
0: looking forward to sunday
1: so who knows what's going to happen uh kyle bush has got to be those guys have got to be on their game uh let's hope there's no weather you know because they'll run if if uh there's weather you know they'll they'll whip out those those rain uh tires from goodyear and uh they'll they'll keep on trucking
0: yeah i can't wait for the roll of sunday
1: yeah it's gonna be a good race it's gonna be exciting i just i just hope kyle bush makes it uh i kind of hope chase elliott makes it as well i'm good with the way it is right now because harvick just hasn't shown me much this year he's had a few uh few shining moments but most of the year has just not been good for him
0: yeah i'm sure th- they're going to want to forget yeah they're going to want to forget this year
1: <laughs> a lot of us are going to want to forget twenty 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 2020 and 2021
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh moving over indycar uh we talked about it last week that their season wrapped up and the 2021 champ is Alex Six, uh Ran 16 races this season and then over at F1 they were off. The next race is October 19th at 9am. It's the Turkish Grand Prix at Istanbul Park and Lewis Hamilton is, leaving, is leading Max Verstappen by 2 points. Uh, still plenty of races in F1.
1: Yeah, and it's down to those two guys because the third-place driver, I think you pronounce his name, Viteri Bottas, he is 96 points out, so he really doesn't have a chance. So this is probably going to go down to whoever leads or wins the last race of the season in Formula One would be my guess. The way it it keeps flip-flopping back every week.
0: I totally agree with you. The the way I've been watching F1 and the way things have been working, yeah, it's – it's going to come down to the last race or two, so it's going to be exciting in that, too. I know, I can't remember exactly when the release schedule is for tops on the F1 products, but it should be coming soon.
1: Yeah, they've got, got some new F1 products that will be hitting hitting the market, I think, before long.
0: Don't know if everybody can afford it or not, but it looks like it's going to be pretty expensive, that stuff. Chrome, anyway. No doubt. So, And last year's boxes are just mind-blowing
1: yeah and you know you right now we're seeing a lot of formula one cards on com c you know i don't, I don't know how well they're selling but if you do a search on just racing you know because i I do a search on racing just for nascar but you know it's pretty much formula one so I, they either tells me that you know there's a lot of formula one cards out there and people are selling them or there's a lot of Formula 1 cards and nobody's buying them and they're just sitting there. Yeah, I, I don't know because I'm, I'm, I'm not a player in that market, so I really don't know. But there is I, there is a ton of Formula 1 cards out on Com C and also eBay as well.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see. We have a show here in Hickory, North Carolina on Saturday, so I'm curious to see. I think it's like 600 tables, but it's going to be a toy Hot Wheels slash card show. So, Wes does a good job of that. And I'm curious to see how much F1 I see. Uh, I went, because I it was a few weeks ago, and there's a pretty decent amount of NASCAR. I'm looking maybe to spend a little more try- time and, and dig around and see what else I can find uh, NASCAR wise at the show. So, yeah I, I totally agree with you about the f1 I don't know if they're selling through or if it's just where we're looking they're accumulating but in other places they are being snapped up or if it's one thing where we're seeing you know prices and inventory building up and the prices are are there and they just haven't started to to drop or they're able to keep their uh, current price you know supply and demand.
1: Well, I think prices have dropped overall on Formula One. I, uh, you know, they were high, you know, several months ago, but you know they they've steadily gone down. I think, and I think, you know, I like tops, but I think, you know, they've kind of oversaturated the market, if you ask me.
0: So one thing I remember when we went to the national blowout had a case of Sapphire F1. Those were the little blue boxes. They had a 10 box case for $7,000, $700 a box. Tops had those on their website. I think, I don't know if it was 582 members or maybe it was 582. And then they had it on the UK site. but I think they're about $175 to $250 cost. So uh, I remember seeing that case for $7,000. But those boxes are now close to $1,500 to almost $2,000 a box. So, wow. <laughs> so the sapphire uh, is definitely has been increasing. So I don't know about the singles and other stuff, but I do know about the sapphire edition. Like I said, because of the blowout, and that's seven thousand dollar case did sell. Because I remember us uh, are seeing it like on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Saturday it was gone. Because I kind of was kind of taking inventory of the racing boxes. And then what was selling and what wasn't selling so but I don't remember the Chrome box I just like to remember that Sapphire one yeah um
1: yeah you know, you're talking about shows I went to the Nashville show actually it was in Franklin Tennessee which is just south of Nashville on Saturday it was actually a three-day show it was Friday Saturday Sunday but I I only had time to go there on Saturday um of course it was I had to drive through a bunch of rain to get there but it was a it was a good show. I liked it. There was uh, they advertised two hundred uh, dealer tables, which I think was probably about right. Uh, it was in the Williamson County Exposition Center, which looks like it's a place where they have horse shows and you know all kinds of other things there. But uh, I didn't. I saw a fair amount of NASCAR. I won't say I saw a, a lot of it. Uh, I saw one guy. He had a 2021 gold natalie decker autograph it was i think it was number one of ten and i asked him how much i'm thinking you know if if this thing is you know 50 bucks or something i'll buy it he goes oh that's 299 i'm going well okay fine i'll I'll pass on that because i had earlier saw a scoreboard dale earnhardt senior autographed card with a certificate of authenticity from ken golden uh, for 150 and he ended up selling it to me. I bought it for 140 So I'm thinking, okay, on one hand, I can buy Dale Earnhardt for 140 or I can buy Nelly Decker for $299. i am buying Dale Earnhardt senior. <laughs> it was a no brainer.
0: Yeah, and I think that scoreboard was from the National. Was it 94, maybe?
1: I think, it's, yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, those are pretty cool. I think there's like five of them, and he autographed, I think it was like, what, 250 of each of the five? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. So that's a nice so if you see that out in the wild, uh, it's numbered to two fifty and it's that ninety four scoreboard, you have a high probability, I was gonna say hundred percent probability of it being a legit. So I at this time I don't know of any that have been forged or whatever like that. That's a that's a that's a great pickup of yeah, a second time a- champion.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty autograph too. I mean, he signed it in a, a fine point sharpie or you know a Statler pen or something, whatever it was. It was fine point, and it's a beautiful autograph on that card. And it's a beautiful card. Um, I'm gonna send that thing to PSA, you know, whatever, you know, whenever I get the first chance to do that, and have them grade the card and just authenticate the autograph because it's it's a pretty card and a pretty autograph. I was I was happy for that pickup. And what was crazy about it, too, is this guy had all these other different cars from all these different sports, and this is the only racing car that he had. And I just happened to notice it. It was in the very bottom left corner of his showcase. And it was kind of, you know, in the shadows. And I almost didn't see it. And uh, I was, I'm glad that I ran across that and got it. But I, I guess going back to what I was saying earlier was, you know, there was a fair amount of NASCAR there because, you know, back in the day 30 years ago, I remember driving to Nashville to find racing collectibles, you know, cards and diecast and whatever back then, because NASCAR was—I mean, Nashville was like the NASCAR hub for a long time. They had like a couple of racing collectible stores there. It was it was awesome to go there because you you could get all these these things that you just read about, you know, because again, you know, back then racing cars were still in their infancy. And you just didn't know a lot because there wasn't a lot to know. So Nashville back in the day used to be the hub. But, you know, like I said, I saw a fair amount of racing of NASCAR there. But I saw probably, I mean, a minuscule of Formula One there. I mean, I just didn't see any Formula One at all. And I was amazed at that. That, you know, there was just, I saw one or two cars and that was it. I mean, there just wasn't much. You know, a couple couple Lewis Hamilton cards but there was a lot more nascar there so just one just wanted to throw that out there and let people know that you know here you are you've got these dealer tables you know 200 tables and you there's just a handful of formula one cards and these things are supposed to be red hot you know i don't know what to make of that you know maybe it's not what these dealers carry Uh, maybe they're not interested maybe they think it's a fluke i mean i don't know what they're thinking but it just wasn't there
0: gotcha they probably couldn't get get supply couldn't get inventory.
1: Yeah, maybe not made
0: prices. It's like with me, right? Because I didn't buy at the low price or pre-sale prices, and now it's just you can't touch it.
1: No, you can't. Um, you know, and that show was cool because they had, you know, they had a lot of autograph guests. You know, they had Reggie Jackson and Pete Rose and Wade Boggs and um, uh, Jerry Lawler was there, and Ric Flair um there was a lot of signees signers there
0: that's some good good signers Uh, yeah it was cool and i did uh, not realize that
1: yeah and they had um like i said and the 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 autograph seemed to be you know tickets seemed to be fairly inexpensive i ran into a friend of the show mr mint 23 kirk keith and I walked around with him for a while and I actually helped him stand in line and he went and got Pete Rose autograph and uh, Reggie Jackson, some other autographs because uh, he's a big autograph guy. But while we were talking, I said, uh, hey, are these prices for these autograph tickets comparable or, or less than what you do at the National? He goes, oh, yeah, they're less than what you'd pay at the National. So you know, that's a good thing, too.
0: I'm going to have to keep an eye out for the next National show. I'm going to have to meet you there
1: yeah it was fun i i enjoyed myself i got there i left memphis about oh geez what time did i leave here a little after six o'clock in the morning because it's a three hour drive and the show opened up at nine and i got there a little after nine uh i just because i just drove straight through but then i again like i said i ran into a bunch of rain so it slowed me down but i got there and uh i was texting kirk and he was running a little bit behind he got there a little bit later but it was fun catching up with him. It was good to see him. I was surprised he didn't go to the Alabama game because he he lives in Tuscaloosa, and he's a big Tide fan like we are here at our house. Uh, but he it was just more important for him, I think, to go get those autographs and especially get them for you know reasonable prices. And uh, it was it was really cool to to see him how he handled and talking to those guys and how he uh, you know was able to to you know. Just like I said, just talk with them and be friendly with them, and you know, how how responsive and how well responsive they were to him.
0: Yeah, he definitely you know has has that niche, and you know someone I've learned from because his wheelhouse is signed rookie cards, and so I've taken that to the NASCAR kind of level of getting lots of NASCAR rookies and stuff autographed. Uh, I think that's um uh, it's a lot of fun and and um you know definitely I think will hold its value over time,
1: yeah, yeah, we've kind of taken his lead on that because he was doing that when it wasn't quite as cool as it is today to do it, you know back years ago, you know that was kind of you know taboo, you don't get rookie cards signed, but you know now it's it's become very popular. And uh it actually enhances the prices of the rookie cards. And uh you know Val both Val and I have have taken that to heart and we've gotten a lot of rookie cards signed by these NASCAR drivers. It's been, it's been really fun.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, if you catch well not catch them early, but so the rookie guy the rookie guys are super excited to sign. You know, trying to get Kyle Bush or some of these guys are sign rookie cards now takes a little bit of doing, but you know, Noah Graskin or Ty or even Haley Deegan, you know, you send them to the shop and for the most part, you know, they'll sign. So, uh, and then hopefully when things get back to normal, you get to see them in person. So.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. I hope, I'm hoping for good things at the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction ceremony in January. We'll see what happens.
0: So South Carolina has a, what is the right word? Uh, State Fair, I guess it is. And they usually have some signers signing there. So I have to double check. It's at the end of the month. Charlotte Speed Week. Uh, this week they'll have some concerts and stuff. Usually have drivers signing, but I checked the event list. I didn't see any drivers signing. So I don't know if that's going on yet or not, maybe not because of COVID, but I'm hoping, you know, when this passes, maybe some of that stuff will get back to normal.
1: Well, some of the observations that I saw in Nashville with autograph signers, for example, Pete Rose, Kurt went up there and got his autograph, talked to him for a second and Pete Rose shook his hand. Pete Rose wasn't wearing a mask at all. Uh, Reggie Jackson, he was up here talking. Reggie had no mask at all. And he fist bumped Kurt. I mean, so I, I don't know if these guys have their shots and they feel good about where they're at or, or what the deal is. But, you know, I didn't see any of those autograph signers wearing masks. They were all they were all. And then they, they also had, you know, they were getting pictures taken with people off to the side. You know, they had a separate deal where. You could go. You of course you had to pay for it, but you could get you know your picture made with the athlete or whatever. Um, And then they also I think they also had a deal where they you could you could actually do a pitch and catch thing with um, Reggie Jackson. So you know those guys, as far as they were concerned, everything was was cool. They were like I said, they were shaking hands, fist bumping, and whatever. Yeah, and oh, and uh, somebody else that was there was Ricky Henderson. He was there talking about ricky was talking about ricky <laughs> wow
0: that's the whole 1980 flashbacks
1: yeah it was it was cool uh wade boggs was really cool you know we talked to him i mean it was it was a great thing uh to have those autograph guys there because it sure brought in a lot of folks when rick flair entered the room everybody was going woo, woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's hard not to right yeah you got a um, a lot of restraint not to do the woo. So, but uh, one thing I saw a picture of, and I saw Kurt had it, and I don't know if you can elaborate on it or not. But it looked like he had a blow up copy of the card, and then he wrote on it where he wanted the autograph.
1: Yes, he did do that. He he blew up the cards. Well, he took he took a, a scan of the card, blew it up signed show you know signed it where he wanted the the signers to sign the card showed that to them and that's so they knew what to do you know and and all those guys were really cool to him even pete rose pete rose was actually really nice i mean i love pete rose he's one of my all-time favorite baseball players but you know it was funny because we were sitting there in line and he's got his handler there next to him and uh he starts yelling at her saying, don't you tell me how to sign stuff. I'll sign the way I want to. You just take the tickets. (laughs) (laughs) He was getting mad at her.
0: (laughs) But I thought that was pretty clever of Kurt to do that. That way he gets the autograph where he wants it to be. And I guess, and I saw he had that pen too.
1: Yeah. He he has his his pens ready. I mean, literally he's sitting there. He's got a a blank piece of paper and he's got his pens. And he's kind of, Marking and rolling those pins as he's getting ready to get up there and then he hands him the pin So that way it's fresh and it doesn't doesn't streak the autograph or do anything crazy with the autograph Because I mean, I know we've all seen these autographs from you know, these NASCAR guys Especially people like Mark Martin and Tony Stewart who sign really really fast and it just the markers just streak Because they're kind of slightly dried out So, you know, he, he's he's well prepared. He's been doing this a long long time uh I learned a lot of tips and tricks from him just from hanging out with him and, and watching how he does things. Uh, it, it was that was a great experience for me. And so well done, Kirk. I know you're listening because you're probably <laughs> listening to us while you're riding your bike.
0: Hey, you can do it one more mile, Kirk. One more mile.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the the card values he's dealing with are now maybe we go, you know, Richard Petty or whatever is is more of a high dollar. But. You know Christopher Bell or, or whatever these other guys are, they're not as much. But still, you want to do that prep work to make sure like I'll bring my own uh, markers, either gold or silver or the black and then have an idea of what color I want on whatever card, depending on the background. So, you know, it just is not, you know, you show up and hand them a the card after you start doing this for a while. You know, a lot of thought goes into it what you're going to get signed, where you're going to get it signed, how you're going to sign, you know, markers and everything else. So, we can probably do a whole show on in-person autographs.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because there is a lot of prep work that that goes into getting cards autographed and, you know, having the having the cards ready, having everything out uh, you know, but it's in the way you talk to the the drivers or the players. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. It's like what what Val just said. You just don't show up with the cards and get them signed. It's you have to do your homework. And uh, I think we ought to do a show like that. Uh, Val, I think we ought to do a show just like that.
0: Yeah. I, and I think, you know, you can go by the seat of your pants, but I think the more perp work you do, the better autograph or you'd be more satisfied, I guess, with, with the autograph or that you've done everything you could do to get the best autograph you can.
1: Yep. Because, you know, the way PSA and other companies grade the autographs you know that streakiness affects the quality of the autograph therefore it affects the grade so you want to have uh, an autograph that is streak free so like like Val just said you you've got to got to be ready for it and you know if, if you've been standing in line a long time and the signer's been using that same sharpie for a long time there's a good chance that it's going it's already streaking so that's why it's good to have your own marker and have that ready to go.
0: So I don't know if I've told this story. I was getting autograph from Jimmy Johnson, and this was at the media day. And he went into—I guess he was getting ready to go into one of the rooms, and I uh, missed him, or whatever. So I was waiting for him to come out. Basically, they they go into the media room, talk to whoever it is, and then they'll they'll come out. So I had pen ready, card ready to go. And I made a mistake. I left it uncapped, And so the Sharpie dried out. So I got to Jimmy Johnson, gave him the card and the pen. He went to write. Nothing happens. He does not have time to stand around because of my uh, stupidity whatever. So he hands it back to me and says, you know, pen doesn't write, whatever. And he goes into his next room. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is like the first time that happened to me. in, I don't know, but I don't know, ever, or whatever. So it's not like I've been doing this for a while. So I guess I did not pay attention. So uh, I waited 10, 15 minutes or whatever it was. And that way I made sure that cap was on that pen and made sure it wor- worked again and everything else left and capped. And I hung around. And uh, when he came out of that room, I immediately kind of you know, hung around there and then kind of made a thing to kind of show him that I had the marker and the pen again, and the handle was whisked him away, but he stopped, and he came over, you know, the few feet or whatever it was and signed it, and then he's like, oh, this one works or whatever, you know, hand it back, but uh, so Jimmy Johnson was really cool about it. Uh, Like I said, he saw me and and kind of came over, and and he he went on. So, uh, you know, keep that marker capped until you need it, so...
1: Yep. Um kind of going back to the Nashville show for just a second, I, I was gonna tell you kind of my pickups that I picked Yeah, I was up. gonna
0: ask you, what else did you pick up?
1: Um I found a downtown was it 2020 Kyle Bush uh card, which those things are like a case hit. And I was able to pick one up for thirty bucks. So I was real pleased about that to pick that up.
0: Two time uh, champion. Yeah case hit. awesome.
1: And I also found uh, from one other dealer, he had a he had a bunch of uh, racing in his showcase, and he I bought from him I bought a Tony Stewart autograph, Panini car I forget which flavor it was, uh, Ross Chastain, and then two bubble Wall- <laughs> this should have been a sign, two bubble Wallace memorabilia cards with really nice pat- patches and and uh, sheet metal on them, because I think one of them was out of twenty five. The other one was a base, but they were really nice. And I, I picked up all four of those cards from one guy for 30 bucks. So, I wow, mean, the Tony, Tony Stewart autograph. Wow. Yeah, Tony Stewart autograph by itself is that much. You know, yeah, if you're going to buy one.
0: We know how hard he is to get in person.
1: Or we know how hard he is not to get in
0: person. <laughs> yeah, So he, that, he, that that's he, a good pickup. So I guess it was a very successful show then for you
1: yeah yeah with the earnhardt card cow bush and the other cards and uh also picked up some odds and ends cards of uh some stuff for one of my psa showcases and so it was it was um it was fun they weren't they're not racing cards they are other kinds of cards but uh it was it was fun i enjoyed it i i enjoyed having the time to to go to the each table and actually look through stuff um you know, it, it wasn't like the national. It wasn't the I would I would equate the, the crowd to being a normal crowd from the good old days. You know, it wasn't it wasn't you didn't have a rush of people rushing in trying to trample other people like a who concert or anything like that. Uh, it, there was enough people there to where you could actually walk around, look at things, go through, you know, boxes of cards, do whatever you want to do with no problem. I mean, the parking lot, it was a big parking lot and it was full. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't anything on the, the caliber of, of the national. It, it was, it was a good show from that standpoint for me because, you know, those big crowds and trying to get through the aisles that, that makes it hard and you miss stuff. But, you know, I, I don't think I really missed too much there.
0: Was there a cost for parking and what was the admission to get in?
1: no cost for parking i'm glad you said that there was a ten dollar entry fee which i thought was a little steep but i mean i guess that keeps out the people who who are you know just kind of nonchalant collectors but i mean people were gladly forking over the 10 bucks to get in i mean i didn't have any problem with it really um uh and this show was put on by what i think it's hollywood collectibles i think it's rich altman's company which you know rich passed away here recently um but i think it's his company that puts it on and i think they do it every year at least they have been but it was again it was a great show i was i was real i had fun with kurt and i just had fun in general it was well worth a drive for me uh plus bonus i was able to pick up a, a crave case of white castles so that made it even
0: better oh that was a major bonus yep Well, that's awesome. I don't know if you have anything else. We are past the hour mark.
1: No, that's about it. I think for me, uh, you know, just I wanted to kind of talk about the Nashville show and how things went with that.
0: That's pretty exciting. Um, Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here then. From me, Jason, and Logan, thanks for listening, everybody. Share, like the podcast, share NASCAR trading cards with your friends, and we will catch you next week.